0: Club. Hi everyone. Just a reminder that this show is not legal advice, trading advice, financial advice, or personal advice. Enjoy the show and thank you very much. This show is sponsored by BitGuild.io, redefining the relationship between players and developers by facilitating full and true ownership of in-game assets. BitGuild's mission is to completely redefine the relationship between players and developers by facilitating full and true ownership of in-game assets, cheap and safe item trading, and cross-game compatibility of items, currency, and more. For gamers, maintain full ownership and control of your virtual items through the BitGuild wallet. Sell and trade items and currencies at will, anytime, any place, safely, securely, cheaply, sometimes even free. And for developers, it's a direct link to an established player base with a strong community, an instant network of like minded developers building for the same platform. BitGuild's token sale is now live. It started on March 15th, 2018, and goes until April 5th, 2018. So head to bitguild.io, that's B I T G U I L D.io to learn more, get whitelisted, and take part of the public token sale. Now, back to the show. Yo, yo, welcome to Crypto 101, The Average Consumer's Guide to Cryptocurrency. This is Matthew Aaron, and today we welcome back Douglas Pike of Viracoin and Virium to tell us about a problem, and that problem is the Byzantine General's problem. And I don't know what the problem is. I mean, it's a Byzantine General from 300 AD. Why is his problem my problem? But we keep hearing about this problem, Byzantine fault, Byzantine generals, Byzantine fault tolerances, and... I have no clue why I'm talking about this guy 2,000 years later. What year is it? Anyway, we're talking about him. So please welcome Doug to talk us through the Byzantine general problem and how it relates to Bitcoin, cryptocurrency, Ethereum, proof of work, proof of stake. But before we do that, please go to Crypto101podcast.com. That's Crypto101podcast.com. Go to the top of the page, last chance to click that button that says tax to get $101 off your taxes. Also send us an email to say what's up. Please go to iTunes and rate us and subscribe. That helps us stay on top of the charts so people can find us, and it's very much appreciated. Also, please check out our blog. Our blog writers are writing up a storm. They're writing about episode summaries, opinion pieces, and also tutorials. And don't forget, you can find most of those blogs on our Twitter or our Facebook, so join us there. Also, don't forget to check out ICO 101 with Aaron Paul, good ICO reviews plus conversations with ICO CEOs, all within 30, 35 minutes. And finally, a special thank you to the Patreons. The Patreons are the building blocks of Crypto 101. They have been supporting our servers, our website, our website redesign that is happening right now because our website was done by a a dimwit. I don't know who designed that website. And thank you because at the end of the day, they're the ones that got this show off the ground. So thank you very much. And by the way, Doug Pike is also a Patreon, and I appreciate that. So without further ado, here's Doug and his problem. Doug, thank you very much for coming back on Crypto 101. Oh,
1: it was my pleasure. It's always a good time. I love the
0: show. Today we're going to talk about a thing that I don't know anything about. And you know what? I purposely did not research it. Not because I'm lazy, guys. Not because I'm lazy. But because I really wanted you to... <laughs> I really wanted you just to explain it to me in a way that I can understand so everybody understands. So if I don't understand it, then we have to start over and do this again. And the question today is the Byzantine General's problem and what is Byzantine general's problem what is Byzantine fault what are different real world scenarios that this can be described in and then how does it relate to cryptocurrency and why are we even talking about and who is this Byzantine general so Doug I have you on the show occasionally you want to know why because I think of these things and I'm like okay Bitcoin scaling debate Byzantine general who's the smartest guy I know it's probably Doug, so I'm gonna have you on the show to talk about this. So, Doug, uh, thank you, man. I appreciate that.
1: Um, I don't know if that's true, but I appreciate it anyway.
0: Well, it, it, well, before we go into that, I saw this on Twitter the other day. Didn't you just publish a paper about the building blocks of life and it's the like you smash proteins together and created Legos of protein that builds life?
1: Yeah, yeah. So, um, so we just published a paper in. PNAS, which is Proceedings of the National Academy of Sciences. We looked at all the proteins that transfer electrons in all organisms, basically. And we whittled it down to four key proteins that are necessary for basic functionality of life, which would be basically moving electrons around. Because ultimately life is really just run on electricity, mm-hmm. like like our iPhone right now in a sense. So we whittled all proteins down to four key structural motifs required to transfer electrons for life. And now we're working on a follow-up paper where we take one of those and we design like a very simplified electron transfer mini protein that transfers one electron at a time and could have basically spontaneously formed in an ocean you know at the right temperature with enough organic chemicals around yeah so yeah so i work. (laughs) so i do i do origins of life research on proteins in particular
0: cool man (laughs) i I don't i don't know how to follow that up i'm like okay man you're smashing like i don't know but uh, anyway So, like I said, you're probably the smartest guy I know. (laughs) I think you got to talk to us about the Byzantine General's problem. So, Mr. Professor, soon-to-be Professor Pike, what is the Byzantine General's problem?
1: Okay, so it sounds complicated and it's usually explained in a pretty complicated way. To be honest, I think it's quite simple. It's really a problem about passing messages that you don't know if they're accurate or not. And I'm going to first explain what the Byzantine general context is for Mm -hmm. the problem, which is a historical context in a war case uh, in, in the Byzantine Empire. And then I'm gonna talk about how it relates to to Bitcoin. We're just gonna imagine a simple scenario here. We have an army and it's attacking a city. And we have two generals that run two fleets of the army and they're on either side of the city. So basically you have two groups of the army. The army split into two run by two generals. They're on either side of the city. They're ready to take over the city. But to be able to do that, they have to coordinate with one another. Because if one of them goes in and the other doesn't, you know, then the city will probably win. So for them to actually take over the city, they need to coordinate with each other and, and attack the city from both sides at the same time.
0: Okay. So um, so just to paint the picture, we have yeah. a city in the middle. We have on the mm-hmm. left side, if we're looking at a piece of paper and we're drawing this, we have on the left yeah. side an army and the right side another division of the same army. Mm-hmm. And they're going to start going in on the city together. But before they do that... They have to talk to each other to say when we're going to do this. Exactly. Okay.
1: And in the Byzantine Empire, early civilization, basically, period, you know, it took a while for the armies to get into position. They couldn't really pre-plan it ahead of time necessarily. And they wouldn't really know exactly what time both armies would be in position and ready. So they have to send messages to one another. And the shortest path that the message can be sent is through the city itself, so they can send one person out so we're gonna say general a and we have two generals general a general b general a is in position he's ready to attack the city he's going to send one of his guys dressed as like a regular person and he's going to be the messenger and he's going to carry a message through the city and back up to the other army and the message is going to say we're ready to attack let's attack monday morning at 9 15. and the other general b is going to receive the message and, you know, if he receives a message and he's also ready, he can say, yes, we're ready and send another messenger through the city to the other side. And then, boom, they coordinate and they can attack and then they can successfully take over the city. That's basically the context. The problem is the messages are not necessarily trustworthy. If the messenger is going through the city, it's very possible that the messenger could be a different messenger, that the city, say, put the messenger in jail, figured out he was working for the Byzantine army put another messenger in his place with a different message saying, you know, attack Wednesday. And first of all, they'll know when Army A is going to attack and be ready for it and know that Army B is also not going to attack at that same time. Right. So basically it could be a setup. I mean, even if the messenger was the same person. They could have bribed them. Uh, they could
0: have, you know, gave him, they, like say, hey, hey, you do this for us. We'll give you, you know, a, a pile of gold.
1: Yeah. Or they could have even hired a little kid to like swap the notes out in his pocket or something, mm. you know. There's there's all kinds of possibilities. And this is the problem. The crux of the problem is you need to coordinate something, but you don't know whether you can trust the messages coming in. Okay. And so this is, this is basically a conundrum. There's no true solution to this problem in this Byzantine army context. There's ways you can try and improve it and improve the odds of, of getting everything right. And, and this is basically where proof of work comes in. Okay? Proof of work is a methodology for handling this untrustworthy message problem. So now I'm going to talk about how this relates to Bitcoin. One of the things that Bitcoin solved was if any node can run the network, you know, why doesn't everyone just um, say, OK, I'm getting this transaction in sent into my wallet. I'm going to edit it. I'm going to say, oh, these hundred bitcoins aren't going to X, Y, Z address. They're actually going to my address and I'm going to pass it on to the rest of the network. So I could potentially act as that city, you know, so I could be an opponent to the Bitcoin network.
0: OK, And wait, I wait. could just I have, to, I have to stop you yeah. there because I, now I got lost. I understand the city. So, the node
1: is the city. Let's say a bad actor is the city. okay? Say we're on the side of the generals. That's the simplest way to um, to think about this. We're on the okay. side of the generals. we're We're in the Byzantine Empire. The okay. city is a is an opponent of ours. And a bad actor, someone who is untrustworthy, is the city. So it could be a hacker on the Bitcoin network. It could be someone just trying to steal Bitcoin. It could be some government that's trying to take over Bitcoin. It could be anything. So our context is we're in the Byzantine Empire and we're happy Bitcoin users, right, that like want to keep using Bitcoin and feel secure in our payment processing, etc. So now let's let's do it a little bit more clearly. Now you're going to play the Byzantine General B. I'm going to play Byzantine General A. But in the Bitcoin context, I'm sending you a payment. OK, now I'll send you a payment and that payment could be intercepted. It's because it's transferred across the network, right? So that payment could be intercepted. It goes through all the nodes and that payment could be changed by anyone. So how do you deal with these potential conflicts of untrustworthy messages coming through the network potentially at all times? You know, how do you stop someone from censoring payments, for instance? And this is what proof of work is. This is basically the whole point of proof of work is this and the way this was solved was it's not a 100% solution. It's a solution that makes the probability of manipulating the messages very low. Are you with me
0: on all this? I'm actually going to stop you to go back up a little bit because now I have some questions. So, okay, I get it. We are generals in the Bitcoin aspect. We got General yeah. Doug. We got General Matthew over here. We need to mm-hmm. go through the bad actor, the government, somebody trying to steal our, our coin or whatever. And now we have to communicate with each other to coordinate that attack, that transfer of value. With Shaw 256 you are mm-hmm. encrypted. You're, you're not breaking into that shit. So what is getting bro- broken into that somebody's intercepting? Just a, the transaction in general? And they're just stopping yeah. it? Or uh, what, what, what is getting stolen?
1: So here's the deal. When you're transferring data around the internet, it could be manipulated. Like if someone's receiving text, right? And they're an intermediate between another node on the network and they change the text in the transaction. Yeah, so like I'm a bad actor. The hundred bitcoins went to my friend and not you. Then what happens on the other side? Your wallet receives it. Other nodes receive it. Now they have two conflicting pieces of evidence and they don't know what's true it's not that they're Um, stealing the
0: bitcoin it's that they're not proving that the bitcoin went to the right place
1: yeah basically what happened to the transaction becomes muddy and then you need a system to deal with that you know okay and you can't trust any individual node because if you're trusting a specific node to give you only the good transactions you're centralized you know? So the way banks handle this is they're the only nodes. <laughs> okay? they, they basically trust themselves only. The transaction data passes. They keep it encrypted. No one in the public can get access to any of the information. There's no public blockchain. Everything's basically secret. The bank's solution to this problem is centralization, which is we don't go through the city. We have a third general in the middle transferring messages between the two other generals or something like that. There's no public interaction at all. So this would be the same with
0: any kind of data than what we use that is centralized, text messages, Skype chats. Could we actually be having a Byzantine generals problem right now with our Skype? Could you actually be like not even talking to me?
1: Usually what people are worried about is Skype or Twitter or the banks censoring your communications, right? I That's see, usually okay. what you worry about. But like, at the same time, there's hackers that get access to, you know, Chase has been hacked and funds have been stolen. Right. You know so there's also also that. So yeah, I mean basically anything can happen. Technology on the internet is a cat and mouse game between hackers and, you know, companies essentially or hackers and governments. And it's just data. So if you can manipulate yeah. the data, you know, then it's changed. And that's how people hack exchanges, you know, that's how all this stuff happens. And and so the Byzantine Generals problem is the context because The key point is that you're using a a system where messages must be passed publicly to all on the network, Mm -hmm. and we can't necessarily trust all nodes on the network, but we have to use the internet to transfer the the messages in a decentralized way. So how do we, quote unquote, trust the information without trusting the nodes that the information is coming from?
0: That's a good question. How do
1: we do yeah. that? <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> and that's really the entire purpose. I mean, there's other aspects of POW that are built in, you know, to the protocol. But that's the true goal of proof of work is to solve this problem. And um, if you're ready, I'll go into that.
0: No, please. Let's do it.
1: The solution in Bitcoin is number one. Like you said, you can secure the data.
2: At Parker, our purpose is simple. Experience how Allbirds redefines comfort. Visit Allbirds.com and use code SUPER24 for a free pair of socks with a purchase of $48 or more. That's a l l b i r d Code SUPER24.
3: As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at indeed.com slash podcast. That's indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply.
1: But it's a public network. So you can't say, okay, every good node has the private key to decrypt the message. You know, you have to basically give the private key to any node because otherwise it's a centralized system. So you can't do the typical like only the good people will have the private key and know what the data is. Right. Everyone has to, has to access the data. So that's not a solution. But what you can do is you can encrypt the data and prove that the data was encrypted with a certain hash or a certain lucky number. And this is mining. So what the miners are really doing is they're expending electricity. They have to try millions of lucky numbers. The whole network can know whether the lucky number is correct. It's a a very simple check to see whether someone has the correct lucky number. If they get the correct lucky number, they basically encrypt the transaction data with the lucky number. They send it out to the network The network says, "Okay, we can't necessarily trust this data, but we do know that this is the correct lucky number for this Bitcoin block. So we can prove that they expended X amount of work to create this block. And in that sense, we know that they have skin in the game. And that's Mm -hmm. basically that's that's one level of of the POW solution. We can't really trust anybody, but we know that if they expended a lot of energy, at least they have skin in the game, okay? That's part number one. So the message is there's a special type of work that has to be done to create a special type of message. We know if they did that, they at least are following the rules and they're not just some random person trying to inject data into the network that's false, okay? That's part number one of the solution to POW is just make it harder to pass a good message because now we know they at least have skin in the game the other, like the secondary layer of this is the consensus part. And that is, let's imagine now we have 10 generals and it's the same situation. We have generals surrounding the city and the communication has to go through the city, but there's 10 of them. There's 10 little armies around the city. They all have to coordinate and rely on messages to execute, you know, their mission. But in this case, we now have a system where they have to have a special note that's very difficult to create. And that's how we can confirm that at least, you know, they're following the rules and they know how to do the special note and they did everything right. So the message is at least done by someone who knows what they're doing and they followed the rules, you know, so it's a little bit more trustworthy. But that's not really the where the true trust comes in. The true trust comes in. We have 10 generals. We have messages that potentially can be manipulated that go through the city. We also, because we have so many generals, we don't necessarily know if all the generals are not traitors, right? There might be one or two generals that actually are are working against us. Probably not the majority of the generals, but maybe there's a traitor or two in the mix. You never really know. Now, if the messages are getting passed around to all 10 generals through the city, and six out of 10 of the messages are, we're going to attack on Monday, and they've all done the special routine to show that they know how the messages should be created. They followed the rules. They showed that they've put in work to create the proper message. And six out of 10 of the general's messages are, we're attacking on Monday. That means that 60% of the generals are on the same page. That's enough for us to be able to take over the city. There might be a traitor or two, in the other generals, that's why they didn't say Monday, or maybe they were killed maybe they didn't make it to their position or something like that. It doesn't really matter. We have six out of 10. We have the majority of the generals. We can go and attack the city. Mm -hmm. So this is where the consensus comes in in Bitcoin. You expend a lot of work. You put skin in the game to create the right type of message. And then basically the message gets passed. And if the message gets passed, Across a period of time, you know, multiple messages get passed, and you're basically assuming that 51% of the, the network, the, the miners, are acting in
0: uh, accordance
1: okay. with the with the so, protocol.
0: So hence the 51% attack. Yeah, so basically it, Bitcoin so is now. saying,
1: POW, <laughs> so POW is, as long as we assume that 51% of the miners are just mining Bitcoin and not doing something nefarious, then we are good. And now, how do you make that 51% harder and harder to achieve? You basically okay, so you wait, know, make be, be, make be, the mining be, harder and harder.
0: Be, before we go there, what would be the solution for the actual Byzantine general?
1: Oh, it, it's basically the same kind of thing. So, the Byzantine generals have to create the note that says, we're going to attack on Monday. We're going to coordinate to attack on Monday. And then they have to stamp it with wax. But they have to stamp it with a very special type of stamp that takes hours to create the insignia for the stamp, okay? So basically, we know that the city may know how to do the special insignia because they may have intercepted, but they're probably not gonna be able to do the insignia on the wax before one of the other general's notes gets to us. So the city is one player and we have 10 generals and the city would have to intercept the correct note Redo the wax insignia and then send the message on before one of the other generals note, which went straight through the city, didn't stop there and had to be redone, got to the other side. So we could have uh, some number of messages that were intercepted or incorrect. But the majority are probably going to get to us first with the correct insignia because it takes so long to create the insignia.
0: Excellent. And so what's the relationship between the Byzantine generals problem and Byzantine
1: fault tolerance? It's like a fancy way of saying this is not a full solution to the Byzantine general's problem, but this is a resistance to the faultiness of it. You know, so basically (laughs) it's like um, there is no 100% guarantee that the messages will all be correct and everything will be perfectly coordinated. But if we assume that more than half of the generals are able to get the messages through with the correct insignia and in a timely manner, then we can trust effectively that Monday is the day to attack. And so Byzantine fault tolerance just means we're tolerant to the message untrustworthiness in some way enough to effectively communicate with each other and complete our tasks.
0: So does proof of stake also have to deal with this
1: problem? Yeah, proof of stake is literally it's almost exactly the same as as mining but the only difference is is that instead of having the unit of competition be computational power, the unit of competition is the actual coins themselves. Mm-hmm. but the way the way that proof of stake works is exactly the same. It's a lucky number. Um, the The only difference is that the balance is used to calculate the lucky number rather than just brute forcing through random, like, tons of random numbers. What would
0: this look like for the general? If, say, we just describe proof of work, what would the Byzantine general's problem look like if this was a proof of stake? Or is that even a valid question?
1: Uh, it's an interesting question. Okay, so the proof of stake version of the Byzantine general's context would be the messenger has to carry a bag of gold that is Byzantine Empyrean gold, Okay. okay. And every messenger has to carry the bag of gold and the more gold they have the more likely the message came from the Byzantine Empire itself. So if you have a messenger that comes through he he did the correct insignia He's also got the Byzantine gold. He's basically, he has a stake in the Byzantine empire. He didn't run off and spend the gold. The more gold it is, the more secure the system is. Because if you send off a messenger and he's a trader and he's got a million Byzantine coins or whatever, (laughs) um, he could could just say, oh, I'm out of here. Uh, I'm going to go live in the city and be rich. But if he actually comes through the city and he's got this big bag of gold and he's not spending it, he's using it to prove that he's passed a correct message. The message is more trustworthy in that we could assume that the majority of messengers that are coming with the gold are probably, you know, not bad actors.
0: Right on. Okay, we got the Byzantine guy going through the city with a million Byzantine gold coins. Really cool Mm -hmm. concept. I'm still trying to get my head around the whole thing.
1: So all it is, it's really just... There's two aspects to it. Okay. One is, how can we make the messages more costly to produce and... Now, this is where the Byzantine general context starts to become more fuzzy. And we're just talking about Bitcoin because I'm not sure if there's a parallel. Let's go back to the mining. And like I said, proof of stakes basically the same thing, except it's the number of coins rather than the amount of computational power. But in the mining, mining's a little simpler for everyone to wrap their head around. So uh, it's probably better to stick with that. In the mining, what really happens, too, is and this is unique to bitcoin is that the more miners there are the harder and harder it is to create this the insignia because the difficulty is going up in bitcoin so the mining gets more and more hard now the city would have to expend more and more and more and more time to try and create the special type of message That was intercepted and it would have to be done all before the 10 other generals have submitted their message with the special insignia. But in Bitcoin, it actually gets harder and harder and harder and harder to the point where one actor now, one bad actor is is no way going to be able to compete because it's the combination of all the miners and their computational power that makes it even less probable that one bad actor is going to be able to do all that work and still get a manipulated message through in right. time. So it's almost like the the context for the general's problem would be the insignia, the more generals there are, the more complicated the insignia has to be. And that's really the model for Bitcoin. The more, the higher the computational power, the more quote-unquote trustworthy the message gets because the, the insignia is is more difficult to create and the higher the probability that you'll get the message from one of the generals before you get the message from someone who had to intercept manipulate and then pass on so basically if you get this special insignia and you get it in a timely manner and you assume that the majority of miners are good or the majority of generals are good which is a fair assumption then you can trust the message to the extent that you need to even
0: though it's an ancient problem. Is the Byzantine problem a new concept that we had to solve, or is it just inherent to this cryptocurrency world or uh, utility that we're building? Did the problem come before the solution in Bitcoin or is the Byzantine General's problem a way to describe the problem that always existed in Bitcoin or, or the solution? No, the
1: problem. So the pro- the you problem understand what is, I'm asking? It, <laughs> I don't know yeah, if I, yeah, I what so. I'm asking. I think the, no, the, the <laughs> problem is like an ancient one. And it's always been a problem. It's been a conundrum, essentially. But it became a new problem, in a sense, when we had the Internet. You know, we kind of have the same kind of scenario as the Byzantine General's problem, which is we want to transfer data, but we want it to be reliable and we don't want to have to necessarily trust every single IP on the Internet. So basically the problem resurfaced in the context of the Internet and became a computer science problem. There's been like other kinds of solutions to the Byzantine General's problem in computer science, Mm -hmm. but Bitcoin is the most proven solution to the problem because it's able to secure oh, you know, billions of dollars of value and this is kind of the frame shift a little bit when computers were first created everyone was like oh great this is pure logic everything's 100 percent correct or 100 percent not everything's black and white boom 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 we can get mad stuff done and then <laughs> and then the internet came and, and things got more complicated, and it's like, wait, wait, well, we can't necessarily know that the data coming from the Internet is correct. So now, even though computers are binary, we can't necessarily be 100% sure of anything anymore. So it was like a frame. It was kind of like a paradigm shift in computer science and said, all right, well, we don't have to 100% know something is correct. We just have to have an extremely high probability that it's correct. Hmm. And then we can kind of move on. That's an integral part of some innovation like Bitcoin. We're never going to really know 100% for sure if every message that passes on Bitcoin is correct. Let's set up a system where it's extremely costly for it to be incorrect and the probability of someone being able to do a man-in-the-middle attack and beat out all the miners is so low that effectively we're good i tried to keep it simple but it's uh it's a, it's, it's, a, it's tricky a, it's that just, was a great que- there's a great question about how proof of stake is metaphored on the byzantine general i never really thought about that but that's well, also cool well everybody
0: says the proof of work now we have proof of stake and, I, and you said that proof of work and proof of stake are the same Therefore, the general's problem has to be the same problem. Yeah, and how do you yeah, how do you it's solve basically that? The same. And like you said, you're, if you're carrying you know a million Byzantine coins of gold through the city, and if you come out with a million Byzantine coins of gold. Either you're a fraud or you're not. I, I, but the, my initial thing is okay, am I looking at this as a practical or am I looking at this from a coders or a blockchain aspect? And if I'm looking at it from practical, then it's like, well, who gives a shit? Just jack his fucking coins and, 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 and right, kill the right. guy. The message you have a million Byzantine coins. And it doesn't yeah. matter if he gets to the other side. And if, if there's other people walking around, you take all their coins.
2: Lay Boomers Club.
0: Douglas Pike of Viracoin and Verium, thank you very much for coming on Crypto 101 and wrapping up with us about another problem that we had a question with, and you answered it magnificently. Thank you, sir.
1: Uh, No problem. My pleasure, man. It's always always fun to be on the show.
0: Excellent, man. We'll talk to you later, and you have a good night. You too. All right, bye-bye. Bye. Thank you very much for listening to this episode of Crypto 101. If you don't have a problem anymore, it's because Doug helped us understand that problem and the problem relating to Bitcoin, proof of work, proof of stake. And thank you, Doug. A listener sent in this music today. It's Late Bloomers Club Body Language. Links in the description. ApogeeCrypto.com. That's A-P-O-G-E-E Crypto.com. The best place to check your real-time prices and also winmoon.co, a good place for news. We will see you in the next episode with Josh Fraser of Origin Protocol. We had some unfinished business, and we're going to debate if it's really a good idea to take out the middleman, to take out the Airbnb, to take out the Uber, and just have a total, pure P2P economy. We'll see you in that episode.